For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings, come out and Listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with BMAC and Baker. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Believe in Vikings with BMAC and Baker. This is the mathematically eliminated version of the show. Um, the Vikings will not participate in the postseason after a shellacking on Christmas Day at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. Um, but onward, that's our philosophy tonight. We will have Brian McKinney, who's Super Bowl champion, um, Ron Saw from the Trend Zone, and our special guest tonight is Roy Williams, wide receiver from the Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys, and at the end, the Chicago Bears there. Um, it's not Roy Williams, the horse collar tackle safety guy. Those two get confused pretty frequently. Um, but yeah, we will speak to Roy here in a matter of minutes. Um, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all of the action at betonline.ag. The Vikings are favored by a touchdown, probably because Matt Stafford's um, ability is questionable um, in terms of injury. Um, so if you believe in Vikings and think they can win by a touchdown or more, slide on over to BetOnline and put some money where your mouth is. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino that is open. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. The Vikings and Lions will hook up this Sunday in Week 17 for a game that is mostly irrelevant. It is relevant for draft order purposes um, and third and fourth place in the NFC North. But both teams are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And because we have the Lions on tap, we have a Lions guest. Roy Williams joins us tonight. Uh, how you doing, Roy? Good. How about y'all? Not bad. Not bad. Good. Tell us what you've been up to in 2020. Man, I've been trying to lay low, man. <laughs> Shoot, man, 2020 has been uh, <laughs> been something that you want to forget. So just been trying to lay low, man. Been checking out these sports, you know, NBA, NFL, trying to get as much as I can. Uh, even on the golf end, I try to watch a little golf. It's a little weird not seeing the fans, even on the golf course, uh, but definitely the NBA in the bubble. Now, now, and since the season started, they're in their stadiums, but no fans. That's even more crazy. And same for the NFL as well. Yeah, it is. All right, so I want to – I asked this question of Warren Sapp about three weeks ago, and he inexplicably was offended by it. I don't think it's an offensive question. Um, just so we can set the table for our listeners, how closely do you follow the NFL these days? I follow the NFL. Uh, I'm a fantasy player. Oh, um, wow. You know, you know, when I was playing, I wasn't really into fantasy. It was kind of the 
it was, I don't know if it was just getting started, but it was starting to get hip. You know what I mean? And uh, I just remember fans, Williams, you better do something today. I started you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about, man. So um, now you, how'd your team do this year? Man, I was all, I, I don't, can I say cuss words on here? Yes. I don't know. Yep, you can. <laughs> I've always been dead ass last, man, for the last <laughs> three or four years. Too many I, wide receivers on your roster? Yeah, I've been dead ass last, man. I feel like I'm the GM of the year and can't pick a worse <laughs> uh, This year, man, I finished, I started out hot, started strong in the top three in my three leagues. And in all three of my leagues, I finished seventh place. Oh, man. So, I missed the playoffs by one, but that's a that's an improvement. All right. Well, you got to work on work with me to get Bryant to play. I've been putting uh, seedlings in his ear for four months, and he's always like, "What is that?" Whenever I bring, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's what he says. Lyman don't play that stuff, man. <laughs> no pancake stats for uh, Lyman. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately I lost in my dynasty league, uh, this week. So my, my buddy had, uh, Mike Evans, so spin to win took it. Uh, but, uh, it's all right. I had a good year. Um, so anyway, Roy, my name's Ron, uh, just local in Prairie, uh, Minnesota resident here. Um, so I got kind of a random question. I don't, it's probably one that maybe you've never gotten before, but going back to your draft class, um, you know, we actually touched on the draft class um, with Jonathan Vilma last week, and I know you were part of that. Uh, so the one thing I noticed, the top three wide receivers that were taken, Larry Fitzgerald, yourself, and Reggie Williams. Now, you guys all wore number 11. Was there was that a coincidence, or was there some planning behind that? Uh, I think it was a coincidence. You also got to add Kellen Winslow into that, too. He was the, um, the first. The tight end, yeah. So that, was the, that was the first year that 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 the teen numbers were available. Okay. I guess you could say. Uh, for me, I chose eleven for my autograph, so okay. it was just oof, oof, the LL. One <laughs> one, and you're out of there. So uh, there you go. <laughs> my brother, uh, my brother played at Texas Tech. He was an All American at Texas Tech. Uh, he wore number eighteen, so it was between eighteen and eleven for me, and it just went to the autograph. Which which one is better, a one or an eight? So all right. And it was I gotta think of the other person that wore number eleven that year, man. It was it was somebody else too. I just remember it like because you know, Larry Fitzgerald being a hometown guy here, you know, I was it Brady Edwards that year, I don't think, and he was seventeen. He was oh, okay. I have a weird oh, memory yeah, when it comes to numbers yeah. and stuff like that. It must have been all the Madden I played, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've got that question before, man. It's been a long time, but but I okay. did get that question. But uh, you know, obviously Larry's had the the the, the better career out of all of us. Uh, he's a better player than most of uh, us. <laughs> I don't think that's anything to yeah, throw shade at, but uh, why did you pick seventy four, <laughs> Brian? Why, why did you pick seventy four? Um, because seventy eight wasn't available because Matt Burke had it, <laughs> and I had to think like what number, <laughs> what number uh, next was like kind of close that was available, and I think seventy four. I was like, all right, I'll take seventy four. But then, as you see, when I went back to Baltimore and the Dolphins, I went back to seventy eight. Yeah, Burke yeah. wasn't seventy eight in in Baltimore. Yeah, I was 78 in Baltimore and then um, back in Miami. No, with Burke, though. Didn't uh, Burke play in Baltimore with you there? Or yeah. he was no, gone? Burke, Burke played with, like, number 77 oh, or okay. something like that. I don't think it was available. Yeah, it yeah. Must, have, must have been a, 
unavailable when he got there and he just kept the number that he had. Yeah. All right, Roy. Um, the top three wide receivers, wide receivers statistically right now in the NFL are Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and DeAndre Hopkins. Is one of those three men the best wide receiver in the sport, or do you endorse a dark horse candidate as the best in the business? Um, man, you know, playing for eight years and having different, I don't know how many quarterbacks I've had. Maybe the numbers <laughs> guy can figure that one out. But uh, I would have to go with Adams, man. Uh, he's, okay. he's been the most consistent. He has probably the MVP uh, throwing, him, throwing him the ball uh, every Sunday. And, and I mean, this, this guy has 17 touchdowns. Uh, that's very hard to do in the NFL, man. So uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, man, is he a receiver or is he just a – you know, he's, he's just different. Olympian you know, star on the field. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't even know what to put him. I don't know if he's a receiver or not, but uh, but he's doing a heck of a job, man. But I got to go with Adams. Okay, and the an important thing to remember about Adams is that he missed two games as well, and he leads the NFL in virtually every receiving, you know, category besides maybe receptions. Um, but he's putting up all of these humongous numbers, and he missed two games, so it's it's yeah. even more it's even more unreal. Um, any other ones that come to mind, like uh, Stefan Diggs or DK Metcalf, or, any, or they need a little bit more time? Yeah, I think uh, I think I think uh, Diggs is having a. A sensational year over in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's got that rapport with uh, with Josh Allen, and um, I mean, I think he's at 114 receptions or so, yeah. north of that or whatever it may be. Uh, man, that's 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 a receiver's dream. Right yeah. there, 114 the, fo- the focal point. Yeah, you know, I would love to see how many targets he's had to catch 114 yeah it's, uh, it's about 150 something now um last year in minnesota they made a big stink about him not getting targets but he got like 149 so he was definitely getting the ball uh, um hey bryant how long do you think it will be before justin jefferson is emphatically in the conversation of you know top five ten wide receiver in the business uh, i just think that he just needs like a couple more years to uh to add to like this year of just him being consistent and having some pretty good years, and then people start adding him to the equation. Um, so now, Roy, I know back in uh, 2008, you were part of a midseason trade to Dallas. Now, um, what kind of emotions go on through your head in the middle of the season, having to pick up everything? You know, your all your life is in Detroit, had been for a few years, and now you're up and moving to a new town. What's what kind of emotions go through your head in that situation? Well, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start way back. So during that year, uh, we uh, the, the year before, <clears throat> we had a offensive coordinator, Mike Martz, right? Greatest show on turf. That guy. Yep. <clears throat> uh, we let uh, they let him go, and they brought in Jim Coletto, who was the offensive line coach. Gave him an offensive coordinator job. I don't know what buttons he had to push to get that job, but uh, you know he wasn't qualified for that for that job. Um, that was the year that we went 0-16. Um, part of that year, or at the beginning, we went, we, we were 4-0 in the preseason. Let me, let me start there. We were 4-0 in the preseason. But we showed all of our plays. We literally had 29 plays, and that's red zone, goal line, third downs, all that in the 29 plays. Where you coming off of Mike March, we were at 250-plus. And um, so we showed our whole hand in the preseason. So we're playing against uh, the Atlanta Falcons week one, and we're on the 13-yard line going in to score. I don't know how, but uh, we're in the huddle waiting on John Kittner to 
tell us to play and he has to call a timeout. So I'm being nosy. I'm walking on the sideline, drinking my water. And I hear him say, uh, Coach Marinelli was our head coach at the time. He said, uh, Kit, why didn't you call a play? He said, I didn't get one. So Marinelli gets on the headset and you can hear him say, uh, come in, Jim. Jim, come in, Jim. Coletto. Oh, sorry, Coach, I must have dozed off. So the offensive coordinator oh, no. then fell asleep during a, during a game. And all you got is one job, and that's to call plays. And 29 uh, of them. So, yes. So <laughs> explain to me in 16. I've never drank in my life. At that point, I was 26 years old. I had never drank. I started drinking vodka and lemonade at that during that time. So when I got the call that the Dallas Cowboys were, were, were going to come get me, I'm from Texas. Yeah. Right. So, you know, shit, I didn't know if to walk. Or to, or to catch a flight, or to run. I didn't know how fast to get out of Detroit. Um, not that Detroit is a bad city by no means. Right. Uh, I think a lot of people got that, took that the wrong way when I've said that before. Yeah. I love Detroit as a city. The, 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 the organization, the football team, we just didn't have it. So uh, it, was, it wasn't too bad of picking up and moving because I was going home, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was very, very exciting. Uh, but I will say that the grass isn't always green on the other side. <laughs> on the 29 plays, to to be clear, you mean for the whole preseason or that was all he had for the like his whole playbook? That was our playbook. <laughs> Brian, is that unheard <laughs> that of? Yes, yeah, so I heard of. <laughs> 29 plays, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it must have been easy to study. <laughs> Total? Oh, most definitely easy to study. That's, that's how I, I don't that, – Owen 16 explains a lot. Man, you know that that it was it was tough for a lot of people. Uh, that year, I got traded. Uh, John Kidna got on IR for migraines. Uh, Mike Fury went on IR for I don't know something. Sean uh, Sean Rogers went on IR. If you talk to the media and you said something bad about the Detroit Lions, they either traded you or you were put on IR that year, that particular year. Wow. So I have, I mean I'm I'm. I have no bad feelings for Detroit. I appreciate them. They gave me my start, man. They picked me in the first round. I'm ever so grateful for that. And uh, I hope that they can get it turned around. They have to close the revolving door. I'm not the owner. I'm not the GM. I would love to be the GM. Don't fire me, and I'm not going to fire the head coach. He has a 10-year contract. We're going to set this in stone, and and we're going to leave it like that. So kind of touching on that, um, what are some things – like? You know, you've touched on it. Detroit has had kind of their issues over the past few decades, really, like as far as just being able to have sustained success. Um, what are some things that I guess you would do, like say if you were a general manager in a position like that, what are some th- you, continuity you just touched on is kind of one of those things that you just mentioned. But what are some other areas that you think that they that would help them to have sustained success um, within the division? Yeah, I think it just starts right there. And, you know, after all these years, you know, you've got to hit on these draft picks. Right. And it's not just your first round pick. I mean, you got to hit on that, too. But it's your it's your third, fourth, fifth. Those are the guys that are really going to help you uh, in, a, in the long term, in the long run. Those are the guys that really and I'm not taking anything from any first rounders or myself or anything like that. But those third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders, they work hard because they want to get. That first round money, I guess, quote unquote. Uh, and that's just my opinion. I can't speak for everybody. You know, I think first rounders, they come in and there's some good ones and, and they, they stay the part, but they already kind of got the money. It's just kind of, it's new to everybody. So you can't miss on your, on your draft picks. You got to stick with your, you got to stick with your, um, with your coach. 
And that's pretty much it, man. They got everything else. They had to do the, the new facilities was in built in 2003. Uh, I got there in 2004. So I thought every NFL city was like this until I went to Dallas. And my high school was better than Dallas back then. Now they've upgraded. So I think Detroit is just a couple of players and coaches away from just being talked about in the same sentences as the, the rest of the division. Um, following up, do you, I think Stafford is indeed um, probably going to be the quarterback next year because if they um, got rid of him or traded him, there would probably be a cap hit. But do you foresee his time as a lion winding down? Um, I, I think it's winding down unless something happens. Okay. Let's say they take the kid from BYU this year, um, the number five pick or whatever pick they have. Zach Wilson. I mean, you, you as the as the starter know that you're on a short leash. Mm-hmm. You know, now if they take him in the second, third, fourth round, draft a quarterback, you got a little leeway. But if they take a quarterback in the first round, that's right on the wall. Your time is up. So uh, unless you just come out and ball out like Aaron Rodgers did this year. You know, a lot of people forget that they drafted Jordan Love. You know, I think that woke the, woke the giant up. And uh, he's come out and going to win the MVP. So what do you do now? What does Jordan do? Is he still sitting on the benches? He trade bait? What Like, what What do you do with that? Because you can't trade uh, Aaron Rodgers. And so it's going to be up to Stafford. But I, I do think that he's – it's it's winding down, dwindling down. Rodgers went through um... – a period from about 2015 to 2019 where he had an injury or two and he was damn good, but now he's back to otherworldly. Um, so it looked like he was starting an age-related decline, but then he pops right back up with, I mean, his, his, his weapons are, are good, but he doesn't have like the arsenal that some other teams might. And so it's a testament to him that he's really sprung back up, um, you know, as an elite quarterback and probably the MVP. Do you think it, on uh, Stafford, uh, one more thing. If if they're going to bring in a new coach, which they will probably within the next month, and uh, a new general manager team, so to speak, uh, do you think that it's fair to Stafford to let him be a part of another rebuild? Or would they want to maybe explore sending him to somewhere like New England? Yeah, I think, I, I think they're going to explore their options. Okay. Uh, any smart person would explore his – all it takes is what I used to tell the youngsters. All it takes is one team to like you. Yeah. You know, if that one team likes you and they're, they're willing to give you whatever, you're going to take it. So uh, I would listen to the options, uh, especially if I can get Fields or, or Wilson. Yeah. Um, or even trade up to get Lawrence somehow, some way. Um, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. pretty simple. Yeah, and let's point out again that Stafford is not very old in theory, especially since quarterbacks with the, these rules are playing till 40, 41, and Brady's case, 43. Uh, a team could have a, a good five to 10 year stretch with Stafford if he was in the right situation, or if the Lions nail this head coach higher and uh, to Roy's point, actually keep him uh, that coach. Um, Brian, do you foresee Stafford being the quarterback for a while in Detroit, or do you think that he'll go elsewhere? No, I agree with Roy. I feel like uh, they'll probably want to move him elsewhere, and it's probably time to bring in another, you know, quarterback and groom him and prepare him to be there for the long haul. Yeah, I th- I think it would be 
good for both parties, not because yeah. Stafford is anywhere near. Start. Yeah, not anywhere near Wash. I mean, hell, if if we didn't have Kirk Cousins, I would clamor for Stafford. Um, but to the point of the Lions, it might just be stale right now, or they might want to try to you know do the young quarterback thing. But we shall see. Um, all right, Roy, um, as I said at the onset, this is a Vikings show, so I would like you to share your best or worst memory um, playing against the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, man, I used to hate playing in that <laughs> damn dome, man. It's uh, First of all, they got the fake noise getting pumped in. Um, <laughs> we do? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was a miss. No, that's Baseball, not a maybe. <laughs> no, football as well. Add that to the list. Uh, it's the only tape, and I've watched tape on all teams. That's the only tape in the sideline or in the end zone view. It's just bouncing up and down. <laughs> the only one in the league. So that, that lets me know, number one, uh, fake noise. Uh, I never liked playing there. Uh, I think I had one good game there where I had 100 yards, I think. But the rest, I, I remember one time I came across the middle and I caught a slant. You know, I didn't catch it because D Sharp met me there. Mm. And he knocked me out. He knocked me smooth out. Like, that was my first and only time to ever be knocked out in a football game ever. And um, I didn't go back in. But uh, I used to hate playing in Minnesota and watching Adrian Peterson run up and down that football field. Uh, Randy Moss catching deep touchdown. And that was my idol, you know. I hated it, but I loved it because that was poetry in motion to me. Um, but I used to just—I just hate the Vikings, man. I just—I just hate them. I just hate them. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us how you feel. <laughs> you're, you're pulling now. I don't feel so bad about what I'm about to say, and this is not aimed at you. But Bryant, whenever we talk about the Lions, you always giggle because you say, "Like I don't even remember ever losing to the Lions." <laughs> I don't. <laughs> not too many times. I don't recall. Maybe once. Maybe yeah, I think it was something when we looked it up last time, like seventeen and two or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's wild. It's uh, yeah. I mean, and and my most memorable man, I was with the Chicago Bears. My last, my last. Oh, that's right. Year and my last game mm-hmm. was against the Minnesota Vikings in the dome, and my last NFL catch was a was a was a uh, touchdown. So Ooh, okay, uh, I still have that ball to this day. So that's. The most memorable. Well, you'll have to, uh, for maybe a Lions game or something, or maybe you already have, you'll have to see U.S. Bank Stadium. That place is pretty spectacular. Man, yeah, I've, I've uh, seen it on TV, but I haven't, I haven't been to it. Yeah. You got to come on one of those nice fall days where it's about <laughs> 60 degrees and the, the big windows are open. Um, then it's yeah. uh, pretty impressive. Well, I mean, it's impressive regardless, but. Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, so uh, I go to I go to every non-pandemic home game, and it's strange. It's like you can set a clock to it. You can wear shorts the first two games, and then mm-hmm. after that, you have like a windbreaker, a hoodie on, and then by yeah. December, you're wearing a full-blown hat and all that, just walking in because you yeah. have to you have to park. But it's funny because um, I've you know been doing this since 2016 at that stadium since it opened, and yep, I show up the first two games with shorts and a, a jersey on or something. And just as the seasons turn, it's like uh, night and day in terms of the temperature. Yeah, yeah, I do remember those uh, that the weather in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> I'm glad they had the dome. I, I do like mm-hmm. the dome and that for that. Me aspect. too. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like being tackled outside in Soldier Field. So. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, you know, we had um, who do we have? What's his name? Brock Marion, uh, safety. Yep. Uh, he played with us in Detroit, and we were getting ready to play the Green Bay Packers. And Steve Mariucci was our coach. It was my rookie year, 
and uh, it was late December. And uh, Coach Mooch morning meeting said, all right, guys, we're going to practice outside today. And outside, it's, you know, two degrees outside and snowing. And we're like, uh, you know, I'm looking around like we're really going out. I'm from Texas, right? So we're going to practice in this. I ain't never practicing that. And uh, Brock Marion said, uh, Coach, uh, have you ever seen a naked Eskimo? And Mooch was kind of like, no, I haven't. He's like, because they don't, they're already used to the cold. Like, we ain't got to get used to the cold. We're going to be in the cold for two hours, and that's mm-hmm. it. We'll be good. But we still went outside. But I thought that was pretty slick by uh, Brock Marion there. <laughs> um, so, Roy, um, what, the past few weeks, you know, we've had a lot of Miami alum join us on the show and we've been hearing about all the good times um that they've had in college at miami so tell me about some of your uh your memorable experiences at texas um obviously being a texas kid going to ut um what are some of the things that you like really enjoyed there and how how's that man i love the atmosphere man that's why i went back to my senior year um uh, just love the, the atmosphere in austin texas uh Man, the fans are great. The football team was pretty good. Uh, we should have played Miami um, one year, but we lost to Colorado in the Big 12 championship. Oh. Um, yeah, we would have. We would have. Uh, that would have been a good matchup. I ain't going to okay. say would have won. Brian, Brian's, Brian's interest <laughs> is peaked right Andre, now. Yeah, you got Andre. I was Johnson listening to the wordplay. <laughs> yeah. But Austin, man, Austin's great, man. It's uh, – I wanted to live there when I got done, uh, but unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but I had kids. So uh, I want my kids to grow up where I grew up, which is here in Odessa, Texas. So uh, that's where we're at now. But, man, I just loved Austin, man. Austin was Austin was something special. Uh, I met my, my wide receiver coach, uh, Daryl Drake. Uh, he's the wide receiver coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers that passed away two years ago. Oh, that's right. Uh, actually passed away on my daughter's birthday, August 11th. So, um, you know, he taught me everything I knew about the game of football because uh, coming from Odessa Permian, we ran the ball 99.9% of the time. Uh, and when I got to Texas, he said cover two. I no clue what cover two was. So uh, met him, Cedric Benson, the same way. Uh, he's from Midland, uh, right across the street from here in Odessa. Uh, you know, he passed away six days later when yeah. Coach Drake passed away. Cedric passed away. So just the camaraderie, just like Miami, just the teammates, these life, lifelong uh, friends, brothers, whatever you want to use, man. It's yeah. football or sports in general is just a, a whole nother element. Um, Do you keep up with the team now? Did you uh, watch the game last night? Man, they I got Colorado watch- back for you. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch the game last night. Uh, Texas, is, um, Texas is in a state of, of emergency. They need yeah. some help, man. They, uh, they're not the Texas of 2000 to 2011 or whatever it was uh, where we kind of dominated almost kind of like Miami, kind of, sort of. But, uh, man, <laughs> we just need not little, walking uh, through those doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just need a little bit of help, man. But they'll be, they'll, hopefully they'll bounce back next year and we'll be in this playoff thing. I lived in Houston as an adolescent for about four years, and one of the things that's seared into my memory is the hatred for the Texans of the Aggies and vice versa. Are you a subscriber of hate or friendly rivalry to the Aggies? 
Um, man, I um, uh, I love the Aggies, man. I'm, you know, I can talk about them. I can't talk about the Sooners, so let's not bring them up. Okay, uh, <laughs> but the Aggies, I'm four zero against the Aggies. So oh, I can really? Talk about them. I'm zero four against the Sooners, so that's why I can't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, Aggies, fair man, uh, You know, I wish they would have stayed in the conference or or still keep it a non-conference rivalry thing going sure. on. Um, man, that was just. That was some of the best games to to be a part of yeah. uh, is that Texas, Texas A&M rivalry, um, you know, and playing against some of those guys in, in the NFL. Um, my brother played at Texas Tech, like I explained, and he went again. He played against Aaron Glenn. So uh, when I got to the league, Aaron Glenn was with the Houston Texans. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of came full circle there. But uh, A&M is a great school, man. Uh, I almost went there. Okay. Uh, Pretty dang close going there and, and chose the University of Texas. So I think I, I think I did the right thing. So now you say you don't uh, – I mean, we don't need to go into the Texas-Oklahoma rivalry, but when you got to the Cowboys, obviously, there's another Roy Williams on that team from Oklahoma. So was there ever any times like walking around in Dallas where you're getting confused for the other Roy Williams or Oklahoma fans? Like how, how does that go? Two Roy Williams from rival schools sharing the, sharing the locker room. That's still going on to this day. <laughs> people confuse us every day almost they call you the uh, horse collar tackle guy yeah i'm the horse collar guy uh, <laughs> i felt kind of bad one. Uh, there was a little sick kid and um his parents asked if i could get him to play the video game on the jumbotron at cowboy stadium and i said well i'll, I'll try but with the pandemic i'm not sure if they're letting people do that but i'll try so I called and got everything, and I said, well, they're not going to do that, but they'll send you a care package. You know, what's his name, your address, blah, blah. So I got all that set up, and the guy says, oh, man, I appreciate it, man. You're the best safety that there ever has been. I got your rookie card, your blah, blah. And at that point, you just say, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> man. You know, we just get confused all the time. When we were there, uh, it was it was cool to, 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 to be teammates. Uh, to Roy Williams, he was he was Roy L. I'm Roy E. Uh, <laughs> our moms are good friends still to this day. Um, I'm friends with Roy to this day. I'm trying to get a podcast with him because obviously it kind of makes sense with, yeah. with the two Roy's, uh, <laughs> one offense, one defense. But uh, he's a real good dude, man, and hell of a football player. I remember mm-hmm. thinking horse collar tackles were spectacular. Uh, I've always loved defense, and they were when they were allowed, they were effective. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm glad they've been legislated out, but uh, I am guilty of the mid 2000s when he started doing that, thinking it was just marvelous. But you know, yeah. And when yeah. he came downhill and he hit you, man, like you, like you, that was the one where the. Like in video games, helmets pop off. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's, oh, yeah. You know, I, uh, two quick stories with him. When we were at Oklahoma, when he was at Oklahoma, and I was at Texas, I came on the quick screen. It was 30 17. I got 15. He hit me. Boom. And I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, I went to the sideline and I was like, uh, I got my buddy <laughs> CJ Sloan over my receivers. I said, hey, man, I can't close my house. Like, he hit me so hard. I don't know what it did to this side of my jaw, but still to this day, sometimes I can chew and it just clicks. So I don't know if he broke it. I don't know if he dislocated. I, I don't know what happened, but sooner or later I could start to go up and down with my jaw. Um, that was one. And then um, we played in Dallas. I was with the Lions. He was at the Cow- with the Cowboys, and I was hurt that game. But I still traveled because I got to go home or whatever. Ty Streets ran a slant, and God was looking out for me that day because that would have been me. <laughs> but Roy hit Ty Streets so hard. 
And I mean, I felt it for him. And, and Roy stood up and looked at me on the sideline with, with Ty Streets straddled between his legs and did the horns down Ooh. to me. And, and Streets I, was a big guy, too, wasn't he? Man, oh, I, I thought he died that day. And I said, <laughs> you know, that could have been me right there. Uh, so, all right, Bryant. I, I got I got a question for you, Bryant, and then we'll get Roy's take on this too. And this, yep. it, cha- changing topics a little bit. Um, which highly touted team right now? So the Chiefs, the Packers, the Saints, the Bills. Which one of those teams has the best chance to be upset in their first game of these NFL playoffs? I feel like the Saints do. Okay. Um, I, I I'm just not 100 percent sold on the Saints right now for some reason. Um, I feel like they played a good game against the Vikings, you know, the other week. But I think they have a good chance to be upset. I, I'm just – I don't know. I feel like everybody else is playing at a, a pretty decent level. I'm not sure about the Saints. It looks a little inconsistent at times. Okay. What about you, Roy? Which one of the biggies could be knocked out before we forecast? Uh, what were the teams again? Who uh, just, what are my choices? Sure. Uh, Kansas City, Green Bay, New Orleans, or Buffalo. Those are just kind of the, the favorites right now. Uh Maybe Seattle. Oh, man, Buffalo. I, I think um, I think Kansas City will get out of there, man. Um, Escape or get knocked re- out? Get knocked out. Ooh. Somewhere in the playoffs. Um, it's it's hard to repeat. Not that I know of, but, you know, <laughs> just on the outside looking in. It's hard to repeat. And, um, you know, they, they barely lost to the – they barely lost – or they barely beat the Falcons 17-14. Uh, they're not going to play any of the starters this coming up week, and I just I'm not sure how that, you know, those bye weeks or or resting your players before the playoffs. I'm not sure how how good that works, but I just see them losing somewhere. Yeah, it's uh, they've looked, uh, I they've looked really good, but they haven't maybe looked like up to their potential. So I don't. Th- I'm with you. I don't. Th- I wouldn't be mortified. Um, if the Ravens somehow snuck up and got them, um, it just, it seems like there are teams that by now could sort of scheme for them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, of course that doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to assuredly get beat. Um, but for a while, the Steelers were playing pretty well, but they've since, uh, come back to earth a little bit, but yeah, I think that they're, they're beatable. Uh, but then again, we'll probably say this and then be shaking our heads here in three weeks when they're just rolling. Who knows? Right, right, right. I wouldn't bet against Mahomes at this point, though, because even in games that he struggles, he seems to have like one drive or one play that uh, that puts everything that happened the first three quarters behind behind him. So, as much as uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean you got to play your best. You got to play your best game against those guys, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Roy, one other question. I know, like, obviously, you uh, you played with uh, Calvin Johnson uh, briefly, at least in Detroit, and then uh, with. Uh, T.O. in Dallas. Now I know T.O. was on the probably the closer to the end of his career at that point, but between the two of them, like obviously they were both physical specimens, and Calvin ran like a zebra or whatever. That, but uh, where in the all-time ranks, if Calvin completed his career out um, without retiring early, where do you think um, you know? Because my mind, I have you know obviously Randy and Jerry Rice one two, however you want to rank them. But that next three four range, Hall of Fame wise, um, those two are in the mix. Who would you say is the uh, the better overall receiver? Um, better overall receiver, I would go with Calvin. Um, you know, um, nothing against To. You know, that's that's my teammate. Um, but Calvin's just a little different, man. Uh, 
you know, my mom had always told me that there's somebody out there that's going to be better than you. And I never really believed it. And um, when Calvin Johnson stepped onto the scene in Detroit, I said, who in the hell is this guy? <laughs> you know, he played the Z. I played the X where the Z is off the line of scrimmage, you know, a yard. I'm on the line of scrimmage and we got nine rounds. This dude is catching me. and I'm fast. You know, I was I was a pretty fast guy. And this guy was catching me at like eight yards on go routes. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, you were the one who coined the Megatron, right? Yeah, so this dude bigger than me, stronger than me. I was like, man, what the hell is, you know? And this is when Transformers was the big thing going on. And I always saw myself as Optimus Prime. And, you know, I just saw this big dude just, (laughs) you know, Megatron turned into the the jet or whatever that he Mm -hmm. turned into. And I was like, man, Megatron, that's you right there, Megatron. And and it sucked. Oh man, did that stick! I, tell I hope you you're what. collecting royalties on that. <laughs> <laughs> I was at his uh, retirement party. I said, "Man, I just need a dollar for every time Megatron is used." Um, but uh, yeah, To is a, is a good guy too. I did see him at the end of his career, but you know, you let To tell it, he can still play today. Uh, oh yeah, you know he looks the part. Uh, great guy, man. Uh, nothing what anybody tries to pin on him. Um, but if I had to choose, I'm, I'm going to go with Calvin. Uh, if Calvin played the number of years that that T.O. played, it, it would be pretty easy to put him in front of T.O. Okay. All right, a couple, a couple more for both uh, Mr. McKinney and Mr. Williams. So you sounded like you are leaning towards <laughs> Rodgers for uh, MVP. Um, the Chiefs are 14-1. and one, The Packers are 12-3. and three. But Rodgers bests Mahomes in almost every quarterback metric, if you can believe that. So who do you think, uh, Roy, will win MVP? Easily, hands down. Offensive player of the year may go to Devontae Adams. Uh, may go to Mahomes, one of the two. Okay. Um, so you said you'd lean Rodgers? Oh, yeah. Okay. What about you, Bryant? Do you think it's Rodgers? Or are you, are you... No, if, if you want to go by stat-wise, I would definitely say Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Just um, and, and he is having a great season as well. So does yeah, Russell Wilson get a first place vote this year? I know that was the big story coming into the year that uh, he's never got a first place vote. And he first half of the season he was there, but has he fallen off to the point where that that streak continues? It very yeah. might well have. Um, I felt like the beginning too that he was playing really well too, and it seemed like it tapered off a little bit. And you didn't hear him as much um so <laughs> it may happen again i uh, i write a national column for fan cited on the mvp race in a weekly one at that so i can tell you what's happened to wilson mvp wise is what's happened to him every single year um there are flashes of the season where he's absolutely the best quarterback in the league and then something happens where he's just damn good rather than the best in the league and then you always have somebody lurking like mahomes or rogers uh, or in the past brady um, that would come and steal it from him so it certainly isn't like he's played poorly um but i personally would put josh allen um derrick henry i'd put those guys ahead of wilson um, just based on how the season has gone. But you are correct, Ron, that through about seven weeks, Wilson was a slam dunk for the MVP. All right, so we got MVP out of the way. Um, Roy, my last question, I think Ron has one more. Uh, what is your Super Bowl prediction right before week 17 here? Oh, man. Man, I, you know what? I, I wasn't really sold on those Buffalo Bills, but 
they got the offense, they got the defense. Um, I hate to pick them because I'm anytime I pick somebody, it's like I give them the the curse. <laughs> it's like your but, fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna go with I'm so so. With that being said, I'm gonna let the Bills make it. I'm gonna go with the Steelers. I think they bounce back with Big Ben, Steelers, and Seahawks. That's my mm. that's my two. Okay, all right. I know everybody's thinking Packers and. I just, I just don't see the Packers <laughs> doing it. The Saints very well could with the defense. Not solid. Not, not, not afraid no of Tampa soul. at all. Tampa, well, you know the other stat is no NFL team has been has played in the Super Bowl in their stadium. Yeah. yeah. So they're out. <laughs> but it is twenty twenty. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. They might have some cold weather games to go to, and uh, who knows more. Yeah. So. Um, Roy, last question for me. Um, I know you mentioned briefly that uh, you're looking at possibly doing a podcast with the other Roy Williams, um, and we'll leave it at that. You're the Roy Williams. He's the other Roy Williams. <laughs> um, but any anything else um, like on the horizon for you? Like, what are your uh, future plans, or any other anything else? Yeah, like man, football related uh, or not that you got? Yeah, I'm well. I'm a youth football coach here in in, in my hometown here, so uh, this will be my sixth year coaching. That uh, love coaching these kids, man, and, and teaching them the game. Uh, teaching them the game, I make them uh, I assign a player to each of my players to write me a one-page summary of the player that I give them, uh, and that just helps teach them who's who. Um, I also have a vodka company that I that I own, uh, MVP Vodka. Uh, we're not national yet, but we're here in Texas and and Las Vegas. Uh, so hopefully, in ten to fifteen years, we'll be up there with Tito's, uh, <laughs> who's, who's also made. In, in Austin, Texas. So uh, those are my two endeavors that I have going. I have a trucking company here as well in Odessa in the oil field. Uh, oil is big out here. So I uh, fell into that little trap there. And uh, I love it, man. So I just keep a keep keep my head down, try to stay safe through this pandemic, um, hanging out with my family, uh, watching my son grow up. He's 15 now. Um, Man gets on my nerves, but I understand. He's 15, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. I'm glad to still be here walking this earth. Is your son? Uh, does he play football? He does, man. His last name is Williams. Uh, he um, he's a receiver. Uh, he's almost like dad. He's 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 not as fast as dad, but he has some hands out of this world, man. And you know, I just and, and Brian can say it too. I mean, I think we look at the game a little bit different. Uh, mm. and and my son and I'm not talking just because he's my son hand he plucks the ball like a professional like he has hand uh, but he wants to be a basketball player he's he thinks he's LeBron James he would trade me in for LeBron James any day of the week. Uh, speaking of LeBron James today's his birthday yeah yeah yeah, yeah. today's his birthday uh, I've gotten him behind uh, courtside like right behind the the, the Lakers bench uh, and the Cavs bench when he was with the Cavs maybe four times. And this last time when they were in Dallas last year, LeBron actually turned to him and gave him his shooting sleeve. And I thought my son pissed his pants, man. I said, God, no. <laughs> so he was just so excited, man. I felt proud as a dad to, to get to see my son do that because I didn't get to do that with Michael Jordan. My right. son gets to do it with LeBron James. So yeah. uh, that's a moment that he'll always remember. Oh, I'm jealous That's of your cool. son. I'm a LeBron guy. All right, before, before we all hop off, Bryant, what do you expect the Vikings to win this Sunday in this uh, meaningless game? Uh, yeah, I can see them winning just to uh, close out the season and try to, like, 
you know, look forward to next season. I can see him trying to go ahead with this game. Yeah, seven and nine looks a little bit better than six and ten. All right, gentlemen, that's all we have for this evening. Roy, we appreciate you joining, and we'll keep your your name handy if you would be willing to join us again, maybe later in the off season. We uh, we greatly appreciate it, sir. Yeah, man, appreciate it, man. Anytime. Thanks a lot, Roy. All right, guys. Happy New Year. Okay. Yep, and talk to everybody next week. All right, y'all too. Skull Vikings. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.